0: I'm Brett Chang.
1: And I am Jay Rosenthal, and this is your Peak Daily for Thursday, July 14th, where we cover the biggest stories in Canadian and global business, finance, and tech, all in less than seven minutes. Brett, I have a fact of the day today, but you're not going to like it. Well, Kim,
0: Jay, that's a bad place to start. What's the fact now?
1: Well, it's not about someone eating hot dogs, and it's not about some fun thing going on all over the world. It's about Pearson Airport right Mm -hmm. here in Toronto, and this week, I think it was July 11th, It had the most delayed flights on Earth, with over 54% of the flights being delayed for a total of 324 flights in one day. That is not good.
0: But even more depressing, Jay, it's not the first time this has happened. It's part of a, a trend. There have been multiple days when they've been the most delayed and canceled airport in the world. And so I don't want to hear it. People always say, oh, you know, they're, they're struggling with the same issues at Heathrow and in Amsterdam. I don't want to hear it. We, we are by far the worst and we need to do something about it. Things have gotten so bad, Jay. I don't know if you saw this, but Grand Slam finalist, Wimbledon finalist, Nick Kyrgios, is currently stuck at Toronto Pearson International Airport because he can't. they canceled his flight to the Bahamas. So he was sleeping in the terminal. The guy, he just got to the finals of Wimbledon. Yeah, he didn't win though. He didn't win. Unfortunately <laughs> not. But that he's you know he's it's a, he won a million bucks so that that's a he's lot do- of money. He was definitely a fine business he's, class.
1: He's doing his best. Was, was Tom Hanks in that movie where he's in the terminal the whole time?
0: Yeah, it, for like well, years. The the now the notable people who have been stuck in Toronto Pearson Airport it, it was Ryan Whitney of Spit and Chicklets fame, a fellow podcaster, and now Nick Curios. And who's next? Maybe Justin Bieber.
1: Well, it, it won't be me because I am avoiding that airport as much as possible. If anything was within a ten-hour drive. I'm avoiding the airport, including this weekend. So Brett, aside from the airport that we won't say its name anymore, what do we have for Peak else today? That's
0: probably good advice, Jay. Look, for our first story, dairy prices are going up. For our second story, we've got new census data. And for our last story, there are new TikTok features, Jay. I know you're excited about that
1: one. Can't wait. <laughs> Brett, for our first story, if cheese and milk regularly appear on your grocery list, well... Get ready for even bigger bills at checkout this fall. Two Canadian food suppliers notified grocery stores that their dairy products are going to cost a bunch more. Brett, you think a nice ice cream cone on a hot day would like, be immune to the inflation conversation, but why is this new simple pleasure becoming more expensive?
0: It's a great question, Jay. By the way, I just discovered green tea ice cream, and it's delicious. If you ever get the shot, I highly recommend. So look, last month, Canadian dairy farmers received approval to hike the farm gate price of milk. Now, this is the price directly from the farm before any transportation, and they are going to increase this by 2.5% starting on September 1st as rising fuel and feed costs make it pricier to produce
1: milk. So, Lactalis Canada and Arla Foods Canada, two of the country's biggest producers of dairy products, announced they're raising prices in September to reflect the higher cost of milk based ingredients and also to account for the general increased transportation and packaging costs due to supply chain stuff.
0: Now, that means the products from popular brands owned by these companies like Black Diamond Cheese to Lactania Milk and Astro Yogurt. I know that you're a big fan of Astro Yogurt, Jay. It's going to be tough for you. They're all going to go up.
1: Now, this is a bit controversial, actually, considering a Toronto Star investigation found that Canada's three major grocery store chains have all reported net profits at a huge rate that are outpacing inflation. So there's a little bit of controversy brewing.
0: Well, so the U.S. just reported that inflation is 9%, but gross profits for Loblaws, Empire, and Mesh are the three biggest grocery store chains in Canada. They increased by 21%, 27%, and 15%, respectively, over the first quarter of 2021. That's a lot more than inflation, Jay.
1: Yeah, and grocers are fighting back by explaining that prices are set by competition. When one raises prices, the rest follow. So any profit increases are simply a result of stores moving in accordance with one another and not blind profiteering. And I guess they're also saying that they're not colluding either.
0: Yeah, they're not colluding. But then you would think that if you just added more grocery stores in, then prices would stay lower. Ah, Anyways, that's not... Not to get political, Jay, but, and here's why this matters. Now, rising costs for grocers are being driven by higher inquiry costs across the board. But some economists say the higher level of market concentration in Canada forms an oligopoly that harms competition, impacting both suppliers and consumers in the end. Again, I didn't say it, Jay. That's an economist, a professional. (laughs) A
1: professional. But, Brett, as 27% of Canadians say they're cutting back on spending goods on essential items, the rate of consumer price increases we're seeing as of late is hardly sustainable.
0: For our second story, Statistics Canada just dropped the latest census data, so we thought we'd take a deeper dive into the income data in particular and why it matters to you. And trust me, Jay, like always, we're going to make it fun here on The Peak Daily. So, Jay, it's probably a good place to start of what the census is.
1: Well, it is fun, Brett. It really is. The nationwide census happens every five years and has its official purpose, like using population data to dry electoral districts or calculating payments between levels of government. But we just think it's fun to find out what everyone... Is making in terms of salaries
0: by the way have you ever been bothered by somebody coming to check in to see whether you've done the census or not i'm a good citizen so i haven't done it but i've heard about it
1: yeah no it's i bothered as they're doing their job they're doing their these job. numbers are important the census is critical And they seem to be pretty on top of it. I see them going to door to door when people haven't responded.
0: Yeah. So they've kind of done all of that. And now we have all the data. But unfortunately, this data does not include what the 1% of top earners make like they did in 2016, only what it takes to hit the 90th percentile, which for anyone interested is about $90,000. I don't know if that's good news or bad news for me, Jay. That's for the Peak Pals to decide. And guess what my salary might be. And if you're age 25 to 34, according to this nifty online income explorer, that'll be in the newsletter tomorrow.
1: Well, now the big takeaway is that Canadian incomes trended higher overall everywhere except Alberta and Newfoundland and Labrador as millions benefited from government pandemic payments.
0: Now, more than two thirds of adults, 68.4% to be exact, received COVID-related government benefits with 27.6% receiving federal emergency and recovery benefits. Most often, this was CERB. It's probably something you haven't heard in a while, but that that was the payout that the government was giving to unemployed people.
1: That's very 2020. These benefits partly offset the effect of job losses during the pandemic with median after-tax household income rising to $73,000 per year in 2020, up 9.8% from the five years earlier.
0: Now, government payments in general, 84% of Canadians 15 and older receive them, also pushed the percentage of low-income Canadians down to 11.1% from 14.4%, so that's good news. But Caveat Emter, as always, experts caution that the data which is based on the Canadian Revenue Agency tax and benefits records would draw a complicated picture of the early days of the pandemic.
1: Now, this new census data matters because beyond highlighting interesting data from housing costs to military enrollment, census data shows how hundreds of billions of dollars in federal funding was spent, at least with regards to getting cash into your pocket, and how it might be spent in the future. And for our last story, I feel like I should be doing a dance while I tell this, and you already told me that TikTok dances are a thing of the past, but TikTok, the app you were probably scrolling right before you started listening to this podcast, announced the rollout of two new systems that aim to combat a persistent problem on the platform, which is inappropriate content. Brett, you know that I'm not much of a TikTok user yet. What's on the new app and why is it going to matter?
0: One new feature called Content Levels aims to assuage concerned parents by having content moderators assign popular videos maturity scores that would block mature, complex, or frightening content from users under 18. Now, the other feature is a filtering tool that gives users more control over what pops up in their feed by allowing them to block specific
1: hashtags and keywords. I'm less concerned, frankly, about the content that the kids are constantly on it, but the filter can be used to block out potentially upsetting content, but also videos you're just not interested in, like, vegan cheese recipes or Stranger Things fan cams, although both of those sound kind of interesting.
0: Well, yeah, they wouldn't be on your block list then. They'd be on your, please give me more of this content. I, for one, have no more, interest More, in more, more. Yeah. Now, despite TikTok banning adult content, anyone who goes down a late night rabbit hole knows there are plenty of questionable videos to be found, which have led to regulator concerns, lawsuits from parents, and congressional inquiries.
1: Now, if we're zooming out a bit, yeah,
0: Yep, that's it.
1: <laughs> See, I did your... I did your soundtrack there. You did it better TikTok's than me. Ad, I know, I'll keep. now I'm on it. So TikTok's ad revenue is projected to triple this year to $12 billion US, but it continues to be dogged by controversies and threats of removal from US app stores. To reach its full potential, in our view, it will need to cut down on its contentious aspects, like better content moderation is one way to do that.
0: Peak Pals, thanks for making us the most listened to
1: and only
0: daily Canadian business news podcast in the country.
1: If you've got a second, why not follow this podcast on your app of choice and leave us a review? My app of choice, Brett, is Spotify. TikTok.
0: Spotify, that's, yeah. a, that's a boring <laughs> pick. And if you want oh, more, peak, make sure to subscribe to our daily newsletter at readthepeak.com. And as always, thanks to Dale Richardson and Six Media Productions for putting together this episode.
1: Thank you, Dale. And thank you, Brett. Have a good Thursday, Brett. You too.